Hi, my name is Ian Borton, and I am uh, dominant. I'm feeling dominant about playing D&D today. This is Chat Dragon, a talk show and actual play podcast about sci-fi, fantasy, and the world's most beloved game of make-believe, Dungeons and Dragons. My name is Jared, and I'm your host. I am a newspaper reporter by day and a dungeon master by night. I decided to start this podcast for purely selfish reasons, and that is to have a reason to talk to interesting people about interesting topics all through the lens of D&D. Each episode, I talk to friends, family members, and tabletop role-playing creatives about this beloved hobby. The conversations are driven by dice, and the games driven by our imaginations. This is uh, Jared from the Chat Dragon Podcast. Uh, today I have a guest here. Uh, it is Dr. Ian Borton, is that correct? Correct. Uh, Dr. Ian Borton from Aquinas College. Uh, he will be playing some D&D with me t- this uh, evening. Uh, Ian, how are you uh, doing this uh this evening i i'm very excited about this there are there are a few things i would rather do than play dungeons and dragons and this is gonna be an adventure it always is an adventure um i'm, I'm trying to call out my inner trash talker do my best to portray uh marigold thundercrack uh in the uh in the upcoming adventure so ian i uh we have never met before. My last two guests I've had on the show uh, were rel- was my brother and my cousin, but I kind of discovered you because you're doing a summer camp uh, at Aquinas, uh, and it's like a Dungeons and Dragons yes. camp, right? It's a Dungeons and Dragons camp. It's the very first time uh, we're able to run it, and yeah, we're gonna go through how to be a DM, how to do what what you're gonna do tonight. And um, I've kind of tapped the resources of the Aquinas faculty and staff to come in and do different modules, different lessons on everything from uh, how to put chemistry and explosions in your uh, campaign to how to uh, map out the world and where terrain would lie and how to do uh, theater and improv. And it's um, I'm pretty I'm I'm more than pretty excited for it. So is this your brainchild or is this like a collaborative like do you have like a a professor group that you you play dnd with no. or dm for uh, how, how does... i do have a i do have a group of uh professors that i play dnd with they're not all professors but it's not from that uh i this is gonna sound uh, apocryphal uh, but i came up with it in a dream i i woke up from a dream where i had a a dnd camp and uh that was in the spring of 2020, like in February of 2020, and uh, tried to get it on last year, and uh, were rebuffed, uh, and uh, and now we're back this year to do it for the first time. So are you like a lucid dreamer? Do you keep like a notebook next to your no, bed? So no, no, I've heard of that. I would, I would, I shouldn't say I would do that. I, I find that kind of practice uh, interesting, but I don't remember my dreams very often. My wife more so; she remembers her dreams than than me. Okay, so this is a very special sort of dream then, because you remembered it. I think it's no. There, I mean, I wouldn't say it was special just because I remembered it. It was uh, at the time what I thought was a crazy idea that just kept moving toward 
and and now it's happening and i feel like maybe ask me about it after it's over because i uh you know i feel like i've never done this before you know it's it's a first time bitters so are you typically when you play D D? are you usually the dm or are you usually the player uh i'm in two campaigns right now one where i'm the dm and one where i'm the player but i certainly spend more time thinking as a dm than i do as a player all right so how long have you been a i guess a, a, a how long have you been involved with this game I'm guessing it's more than mine because i looked at your uh linkedin profile and saw what your research currently is currently yeah. on yeah, I just, well, so the, so the first part of that question was how long have I been playing the game? Not long. Mm. Not long. Really? Um, not until I was in my 30s. I'm in my, I'm in 41 now. So less, less than 10 years, probably. I got introduced to it late. Um, was part of a generation where it, there was no one around me that was playing it. And the one game that, one role-playing game that people played in my college and my undergrad was uh, Vampire the Masquerade was the only game that I knew of in college and I I was not invited and nor was I at that point interested and then when we moved to Grand Rapids we met some friends who were doing a Middle Earth role-playing and that was my first foray into tabletop RPGs uh, and then after that I played a campaign with some students when we were leading a program in Ireland and that was it. I play with uh, I play with one of those uh, men still to this day. I looking at your LinkedIn profile, it looked like you do like research that somehow involves role playing as well. Is that correct? I do. Yeah, I do. So the the past three or four years, I've been using Dungeons and Dragons as a teaching tool in my interpersonal communication class to teach or to practice things like um, face saving and negotiation and understanding your own identity. And so I'll teach about those things in class and then the students play modules that I've written that reinforce those concepts and give them a chance to role play out scenarios of confrontation or scenarios of embarrassment and what they would say and how they would respond in in communicatively competent ways through D and D, yeah. Well, I would say you're you know you said you didn't have a lot of experience, but yours is a lot more than mine. I've probably played two and a half, three years now. Um, always something I wanted to play, but <laughs> I had this weird like dual identity where I played sports like through mm -hmm. all, all my life, but I also was really into nerdy things, and so. I just didn't have like the right mixture of friends that were be interested in this sort of stuff. My dad played D and D when he was younger, and I got involved in like a board game group, and they started playing a little bit. And the pandemic happened, so I became a DM just because it was like the only way to keep playing. And now I'm roping all my relatives and close friends into doing it with me. So that's good when you can. Uh people uh impassioned by your passion i invite people <laughs> i invite people constantly um perhaps too much i hope i don't annoy people with my invitations to play D. nope um i'm sure you know i i feel like it's something you have to try at least once if you 
once you've tried it once, then you can decide if it's for you or not. But I think uh, people would be surprised at how much fun it can be. I think there's a lot of avenues for liking it. I think it can appeal to a wide variety of interests for people. And in that regard, it's a very good, I, I think, right? I think it's a very good game for hooking people, whether they consider themselves theatrical or statistical or analytical or um, artistic or, or or a storyteller, right? Someone some that mm -hmm. enjoys narration. I just think it has a lot offer and camaraderie and sitting around with your friends uh which is inherently pleasing right enjoy the Absolutely. presence of people you care about and they're cool sure and sometimes it's just eat, a good and, eat a, and eat a salty snack yeah, that's what i say sometimes it's just a good excuse to you know drink a beer and have a pizza so so the first um, thing yeah anyway yes <laughs> yeah so um today we're gonna be continuing the show's campaign called the sidekick um, I'm not sure how familiar you are with different rule sets like Fate RPG or Dungeon Crawl Classics. Um, mm -hmm. Sidekick uses a little bit of, takes a little bit of inspiration from some of those rules. It uses a little bit of homebrew, um, mostly from Fate, which, are you familiar with Fate at all? Have you played that before? Yeah, yeah. I played Spirit of the Century, right? Isn't that, that's Fate. I believe so, yeah. So just in the sense that, you know, when we uh, send you the link to the map that we're going to be playing on on the VTT, we'll be kind of creating aspects together. And then those aspects okay. are okay. things you can use as bonuses and stuff on your rolls. Got it. Um, but just to kind of, I guess, start off, uh, I have a little bit of a, kind of like a intro. Um, so it's just, uh, just to kind of intro into the, the campaign. So, uh, previously on the sidekick, our hero, Todd the Heroic, and his sidekick, Marigold Thundercrack, found themselves in conflict with the pirate captain, Jason St. Josephine, inside the Black Eye Tavern. The conflict arose after Todd managed to offend the honor of the barmaid, Mary McClintock, through some unwanted advances. Jason St. Josephine, a scoundrel who on most occasions would think nothing of the offensive actions, took it upon himself to defend the woman's honor, due to the fact that she was also his half-sister. Information that was un unknown to our hero at the time. Managing, managing to dodge the whooshing blade intended to take off his head, Todd heroically escapes the ensuing battle and commands Marigold to handle the situation with the fearsome pirate, Captain. Stepping up to the plate, Marigold battles Jason St. Josephine one-on-one -on -one as Todd valiantly hides underneath a, the barroom table. Marigold appeared to be getting the upper hand of the, on the pirate captain, but Simeon, Jason St. Josephine's helper monkey, leads a crew of pirates back to the tavern to aid his master in combat. Three pirates return with the monkey, knocking out the fearsome Todd the Heroic and taking him hostage. Without hesitation, Marigold sets fire to, uh, to the bar to provide a distraction for escape. He manages to flee from the battle with Jason St. Josephine, but burns a hand and some hair in the process. However, escaping one battle leads into, him into the next. Marigold faces down a would-be kidnapper, only to make short work of the villain who managed to defeat Todd's captor and escape the tavern intact with the unconscious employer. However, as much as the fire worked to the advantage of our fire-happy sidekick, it also worked to his disadvantage, to his disadvantage, drawing the attention of the local law enforcement, who, who uh, thereafter put Marigold in a pair of shackles. So that's just kind of a summary of of what sort of happened in the last, well, the, epi the last episode. So, um, 
I so believe if you see in Discord, there's a tab called Link for New Guests. If you click on that tab, that'll be our VTT. We use something called Owlbear Rodeo. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it or not. Or if you use VTTs in your own games at all. See it there? Yes, I see the tavern. It's actually a, a prison. <laughs> or it should be a prison. <laughs> Sorry. Perfect. Okay. No, no, I was just being optimistic. All right, so uh, right now you're in this prison, um, and so uh, um, so just to, I guess, preface that, um, after our hero and his sidekicks arrest, Todd the Heroic and Marigold Thundercrack now find themselves at the mercy of the Cutlass Hollow legal system. Uh, the two await trial, uh, which is scheduled for later this week. Todd the Heroic, whose legend is almost equal to his enormous wealth, manages to parlay these two things to his advantage. After a few bribes to the captain of the town guard and a number of autographs signed for members of the local law enforcement, our champion has managed to keep himself out of out of a jail cell only to await trial under house arrest at a swanky seaside resort. Uh, Marigold, on the other hand, is not so fortunate. He currently finds himself in the very uncomfortable situation of sharing a cell with one of Jason St. Josephine's pirate crewmates and a grim but familiar looking figure not involved with uh, the previous day's brawl. So. You are in this jail cell. Uh, you are this kind of this guy. Looks like he's got like a brown. I don't know if it's a cape. Maybe it's a cloak or something. Um, your name should be underneath. Do you see that? All right. So before we kind of really start, like I want to uh, work with you to kind of set the scene, establish maybe what are some aspects that make up or describe prison cell so i wrote that i gave you i wrote just like today's meals one stale piece of bread and some beans so and there's a dripping water dripping water from a small hole in the roof but what are some other things you think would be i guess would describe this scene as i think some i think there would be some uh straw there would be some loose loose bedding else do you think makes up a prison there are certain smells, maybe, or uh, sure. So sound, if there's a, if there's some sort of if there's some sort of toilet or some sort of water feature in each one of the cells, and it's yeah, then it's rank. Well, the sounds are there. Do you think there's specific sounds that are or well, sounds? You said are drip, well, you said dripping water. There's probably it's probably pretty echoey. So I bet it's easy to hear the. But it's pretty echoey. Okay. What do you think about the bars on the prison? Do you think they're these are new, like stainless steel bars? Are they old? Have they been rusted through? I don't know what kind of town I'm in. I guess what's the what's the general economy of this city that I'm in? It's a it's a port town. Um, they get a lot of sailors and uh, pirates coming in. So um, I guess you could. I guess it's like a Grand Haven, maybe. Like a, <laughs> I'm thinking of where I work at. It's that's on the water. You, I mean, they have they their economy is based on just people coming in with like loads. Of I bet they're money. I bet they're pretty good. 
I, because I bet okay. they get a lot of rough and tumbles. I bet they, I bet it's not a, a, a junk hole. Okay. What do you think are some maybe looking around the cell? How? What do you think are some defining features on the cell? Do you think there's stuff written on the wall or you know any sort of unique markings or um, that would set this apart? Posters? I don't know. I. I mean, there, there, there might be marks on the wall, like low by the bunk. I can see somebody marking it. What do you think that those marks would say? Oh, they would just probably signify the passage of time. Do you think the ground is like underneath you? Do you think it's uh, hard stone? Do you think it's dirt? would you describe it? I bet it's so... I was picturing hard stone. I was picturing... Because it's, if it's a pretty good jail cell or it's newer, and the bars are newer, build it on something solid. Okay. Okay. I think we have a pretty good uh, idea of maybe what this place is... Kind of like. Am I um, under, am I underground? Is there what's the lighting light? I don't know if we've talked about how light it is. Oh uh, no, I would say you're not uh, underground. The lighting is. Uh, you probably have a window uh, looking outside. Uh, you are okay. maybe not underground, but maybe like one of those like like half underground, kind of built into a hill. So maybe you can see. Uh, outside but part of your view is maybe uh obscured by like hill or some dirt or something like that so okay all right so you are in this cell uh one of these people is a pirate that you had probably previously brawled with and is uh whoops let me get that posted enough uh, another person is someone that looks familiar, but is not someone you've fought with before. So uh, you're just here, wait, biding your time, I guess. Um, what are, I guess, what's the first, how would you proceed in this situation? So I, no, I take a look at this uh, guy that looks familiar. Um, yeah, uh, I don't mean to be uh, stepping on your toes or anything, but... Um, like I've seen you around. Yeah. So the guy, he uh, he acknowledges you, and he goes, "Yeah, we uh, we met about two years ago." Um. So he, you have he establishes that you've had a relationship. You met two years ago. So I guess kind of trying to fill out some of this backstory for this guy. Oh, and he introduces himself as Alejandro. Um, so you guys met two years ago. Um, he tells you. Uh, uh, someplace else. So I guess thinking, let's kind of like go through what Marigold's backstory could be with Alejandro. How do you think you 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 met Alejandro uh, two years ago, knowing what we know about him from uh, previous uh, episodes? Oh, um, well, a couple of years ago, Alejandro um, and I were in a improv troupe like a less of a troop and more of a class we were improv classmates 
No, before my uh, career as a stand-up comedian. What was this trip called? Do you remember? Oh yeah, we were um, Duke's boys. Duke's boys. Is that a reference? To yeah, I mean, I mean, it was. I mean, they were called. They were called the Duke's boys. Originally, it was all, um, you know, young, young men under twelve. Uh, but then uh, Duke ended up, you know, uh, letting in eventually older students. You know, it was you know, it was turning a profit. Uh, and then it wasn't just boys; it was just any anybody could could get in. But they kind of kept the name because they had a lot of a lot of branding around that already. We know Marigold isn't wasn't particularly talented as a improv comedian, but do you right. do you remember if Alejandro was any good? Well, Alejandro was, I think, a better student. If I remember right, Alejandro was definitely a better uh, better student than I was. Um, so that's probably why he uh, did better in the in the class part of it. Okay. Okay. Right. So he studied uh, the craft. Okay. Uh, so as you're talking to Alejandro, he kind of rela- relays this information to you. He goes, "Yeah, we were in a improv group together, and you, this comes to your mind, and you remember all this." Uh, Alejandro, he isn't rude, but he's sort of like standoffish. Like he doesn't really want to like reminisce about the past too much at this point. And meanwhile, this other, this pirate, um, who's also sharing a jail cell with you, he's kind of given you, uh, an eye, like he's kind of giving you a, the, the stink eye. He's got uh, some burns on his legs and his arms from the fire uh, from the other night that you had caused, and he is looking real aggro at the moment. Mm-hmm. So I stand up, uh, I deliberately keep my eye on him. As I walk down, I walk across the room and sit down next to Alejandro, and say, hey "Buddy, I know it's been a been a while." Um, and you're right. I don't. I don't really feel like reminiscing either. I would like to talk about uh, maybe what got you in here, and you think about trying to get out. All right. Uh, I, don't even, I don't even need to break eye contact with uh, Sourpuss over there. I can. Just, I would just sit beside Alejandro and talk to him while continuing to to keep an eye on pirate guy. Uh, go ahead and. See how charismatic you are in this situation, because Alejandro is being kind of quiet and standoffish. So just go ahead and roll uh, charisma for me, and see if you're crazy. Question: How do I roll in this app? Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> the first roll. Uh, uh, there is this little square box to the right of party. See that? Yes, I do see that. Click hey, that. Look at that. You'll just roll your D twenty plus charisma. Plus charisma. That's what I need to find my character. Yeah. Since it's like a zero. <laughs> it's a zero. It's a twelve. Alright. Oh. So So Alejandro, he isn't willing to share his full story with you, but he's willing to kind of 
provide you with enough details where you can kind of get the idea uh, or based on some rumors you've known so about what's going on with him. So he tells you that he uh, he was arrested because he was sent, seen spending some gold marks that were uh, minted 25 years ago and have been out of circulation uh, for about that long a time. And just kind of from what you know from that story, you remember that there was a, a like a local lord or something who had been robbed uh, in the area 25 years ago, and they had to his basically after this robbery took place, they had to take all this money out of circulation because uh, they were you know, it was I'm trying to think. Um, it was like a significant amount. So it was a woman, her name was Deborah Cooper, um, who had uh, basically managed to steal all this money and then just dis disappear. So this money's been out of circulation for 25 years because they um, figured whoever ends up spending it one of these days would be would know where the treasure is. So so that's that's what you know from what his story told you and you being able to piece that together, the information together. on myself. The, uh, the guy I was working for, his mouth, got me into here. I don't know uh, what's next for me, but um, you've got designs on getting out of here. You want to wait your day in court? Alejandro, he, uh, he looks over to the uh, the pirate guy who's kind of giving you a mean, giving you, giving you the mean eye, and he asks uh, what his problem is. And the pirate uh, he tells Alejandro that you're his problem, um, and he points the burn marks on his body, and he said he's the one that gave me these. Your own poor judgment. Working for the wrong guy and not getting out of the way fast enough got you those, bub. Take a look in the mirror. Blame that chump, not me. And the pirate, he kind of gets up in your face and he's like, "What'd you say?" Uh, kinda... I call for the guard. Right. The guard wanders over and he he starts kind of beating his stick against the jail cell and he tells you. You guys to break it up, um, or else you know one of you is gonna get thrown in the hole. So then the the pirate kind of backs off. This guy's this guy's coming up on me, bus. In my face. It says, I don't have a lot of sympathy for arsonists. And Alejandro, he he's going. Wait a minute, you're the arsonist that done the tavern. I was trying to put out that fire. I told you, my, my, my dumb boss got me into it because he couldn't keep his mouth shut. It just took off from there and hired to do a job. I was doing a job, but uh, you heard wrong. So, this, do you think this is Marigold's first time, time in Atlas Hollow? Or do you think this is his, he's been here before? 
In this in this jail cell? In this jail cell, just in this town before. Do you think he's been here before? Feels like it. Feels like he's he's not unfamiliar with how to how to take this situation. Okay. The uh, the guard he he gets pretty frustrated with your conversation about. He seems pretty upset that you're like kind of not you're you're kind of trying to act like you're not the arsonist, and he he calls for another guard who come and they they grab you uh and they decide they're gonna walk you into the hole and the whole time they are talking to you about how you know the docks caught fire a few years ago and how this town doesn't take arson lightly because that like could screw up like screwed up their whole economy for a short while so they're they're moving you to solitary right now movie to solitary so now you're in solitary confinement just a man with his thoughts how do you feel uh that wasn't justified <laughs> like i was trying to uh the peacenik and that guy uh that guy came at me and when i called for authority they threw me in here yeah they're they're not they're, they're not friendly guards no i don't i don't necessarily i'm not excellent to be their friend but some, some just treatment my day my day in court i'm sorry that's my own darn fault i shouldn't have, shouldn't have trusted johnny law so does your character have any like hidden talents? Is he good at whittling or anything like that? Do you think he... <laughs> is he good at whittling? Uh, no, I don't imagine he's terribly good at whittling, and he's especially not good because his hand is all jacked up right now. Gotcha. So I'm all burned up. I'm all burned up too, and now I'm in here by myself. Get about is Todd the heroic. How do you feel about Todd? He's he's at a he's on house arrest at a resort, and he kind of left you here to rot. Yeah, I noticed that. Um, well, I was upset with Todd the moment I I heard that his his mouth and his his disrespectful talk and attitude kicked this whole situation off to begin with. I feel like I I, I got brought along on that wave. And have ended up in here. Gotcha. That and my trash talk, and Alejandro not backing me up in the jail cell when I was like, "I'm not the problem." Irony McBurnface is the problem. And Alejandro said nothing. That's all right. He's got his own. He's got his own problems. Gotcha. So some time passes. Uh, the guard. Uh, the guard finally comes and it gets you and he uh, he kind of moves you into another room. Um, I'd like to say before I moved out of solitary that in, in that time, uh, Marigold does a lot of singing, a lot of uh, opera, using the acoustics of this place, it being very quiet, it being all confined and it being very echoey. He would, he would sing uh, a lot and try to be very uh, operatic with it. 
right. Does he have a good singing voice, do you think? Or do you think he is uh, like not uh, very good at singing? No, you know what? If he's if he's a man of the sea and he is, he is sung uh, as part of uh, military things, I think he probably does fine. And I think the acoustics probably help. But uh, I think he has a, an appreciation for um, belting out and the power that that brings him. You know, it feels strong to really belt out loud and he's got the whole space to himself. Okay. Might not be completely on, it's probably not completely on tune. It's not completely on tune, but it is uh, energetic. Okay, so the guards, they bring you into a different room. Alejandro and the pirate are both there. Um, you see there's like a f- guards teeny. Uh, a few more guards in there. Um, they're kind of trading some money with each other. They they look like they're there's like a guy kind of in the middle, and he's writing down, taking taking money, writing down looks like some bets or whatever like that. Um, so something's about to happen, but we don't know what's going to happen. Can you? I guess you what. Can you take a guess, or do you want to maybe ask some another person? You're standing by Alejandro. Do you want well, to try? I have to... a, I have an idea. Ian has an idea of what's going on, but is Marigold smart enough to know what's going on? That feels, I don't know. Feels, it feels feel... like smart enough to kind of get the sitch. Uh, it seems like it'd be pretty obvious. My cousin made Marigold kind of dumb, but I, I feel like he wouldn't be so dumb that he wouldn't be able to. Uh, take a guess as to what's about to happen. Hey, before this uh, gets started, I've been stuck in that hole for I even know how long. Do you mind if I get a breath of fresh air? Are you asking that too? A guard? Any of the guards, yeah. I would make kind of, the, the one who's doing the, the pad. I would The one who's oh. taking the bets or whatever, I would ask for that. Uh, he doesn't really respond he just sort of walks up and he punches you in the gut and then he walks he walks back and tells you to shut up and talk uh and then another then uh another guard he's kind of to the left of you he tells you kind of what's about to happen just explaining that uh about to make the prisoners fight and uh they're basically taking bets I mean, maybe he doesn't tell you that maybe it's obvious but just for the sake of the listeners so that way they know what's about to happen we're right. we're creating a scene where these birds look like they're about to betting on prisoners who are about to start fighting so yeah right i, I start stretching out i start loosening up <laughs> I think too before we get too far into this it uh should probably go without saying since you're in prison that you don't have the use of like your long long sword or anything like that so or probably my chain shirt or my shield either no probably not nope okay all right so uh call you you go in oh that's all i'm gonna move down to move you they call you into the center, and you move into the center, and then they call some. They call the name Rudy, which is the pirate. See, maybe he's small, like the football player was. I don't know. I'm not a. I'm not a football fan, but uh, 
I know that was part of his backstory, I guess. <clears throat> so they call you forth, they call you in the middle of the ring. You're both kind of uh, have some light burns on your body, so you're both kind of at a disadvantage in this, uh, this fighting scenario. And they explain to you that you're both gonna uh, be fighting one another um, for, for the sport of, or just so that they can, I guess, get some entertainment to pass the time. So can I have you roll for initiative real quick? Fifteen. All right. So Rudy got a three. So, um, so I guess you're gonna be doing some fisticuffs or some martial arts or whatever. So you're gonna get the chance to attack first. Um, this is kind of like a kind of an anything goes fight. Um, so if you want to wrestle them or grapple them or punch and kick, it's totally up to you. Do like do like a Bruce Lee enter the dragon and some sand throw some sand or something. Yeah, that was one of our aspects. Actually, uh, so um, what I would do is um, can I just like say I want to tap one of the aspects that we mentioned. So if you can think of how to use that, we'll just when you roll, you'll just add plus two to your roll to make it uh, more successful. Unless it's like something that you would use as a weapon, then maybe we add plus two to your damage or something like that. All right, you, you tell me, because so, so am I just up to go? Yeah, go ahead. You have first shot. All right, so uh, you said there was the, the remnants of today's meal. I would want to grab the uh, the tray, whatever that was on the metal serving tray, and just wing it right at, uh, right at this uh, grumpy uh, pirate's face. And so, let me think, I'm trying to think what the rules would be for that. You'd probably roll a d20 to your dexterity mod, I think. I think that's how an impromptu... Okay. Impromptu. Got it. Okay. 14. 14? 14. 14. Okay, so then I think the damage, I think for hand-to-hand -hand stuff, it's 1 plus your mod. So what's your... Dex mod. But what's the, what's the damage for a cafeteria tray, though, Jared? I don't know. Let's say it's like a D4, maybe. I, I don't want to get... Uh, D4 is a 3. A 3? A 3. Okay. Wait a minute. I have the wrong stats up. make sure you actually do hit him because I pulled up the wrong person stats. My, I, I assume that I'm back up to full health. Uh, no, you're at, you're still at about 22 from the night before. You're pretty beat up. There wasn't like a, I guess that's one thing I should mention for people who. Military confinement wasn't a recuperative time for Marigold Thundercrack. I would say it was probably stressful. You know, it was fr <laughs> fractured, fractured right, sleep. That's one thing I should mention in this game. We don't do like saving throws, and healing is a little bit harder because I want to make the consequences more severe. So that way, when people play, they have to think about what they're passing on to the next player. You know what I mean? 
So absolutely. Hey, I'm I'm ready. Whatever, whatever, Jared. I trust you to be fair. But I, I I'll be put through my paces. I don't I'm bulk. I also know you probably know the rules probably better than I do, so I don't want to. Hey, it's your it's your game. Whatever. Um, and then on my movement, I think I would like to move uh, toward the window, like put the window to my back. Okay. So let's say the window is. It's got to be probably facing this wall somewhere. We'll just have the guard move out of the way. So uh, you kind of move to, I guess, this northern facing wall, and then Rudy uh, to kind of, I guess, what are you, circling to his, what would it be, his right, I'm thinking? Sure. Sure. So you circle to, yeah, so you circle to his left or his right. Kind of, and he's he's kind of on wobbly legs. In the fire, he actually burned his legs, so he kind of can't, you know, immediately turn to face you. Um, but he he uh, goes to swing at you, and he's gonna have disadvantage because he's on kind of weak legs. So I'm gonna he's just gonna do a just a like a jab or something at you. So oh, he rolls a. 22 so that would probably hit. I think it'll hit. <laughs> yeah for sure okay so uh he jabs at you um and i think with normal just like fisticuffs it's usually just one plus your strength mod so it's he would do about four damage so he jabs at you and he i would say maybe gets you uh in the eye that seems fair okay excellent so he gets you. He gets uh, gets you in the eye, and he's kind of bounce, trying to bounce, kind of do like this, like Muhammad Ali sort of light-footed bounce. But it's not really working out so well because his legs are still damaged, and he kind of actually he stumbles and he loses his footing and he uh, falls to the ground. So now he's kind of on all fours, and he'd probably be in the process of picking himself up. Uh, but now it's your turn. So do you? I guess are you sporting? That changed. That changed what I was going to do. Go ahead. Does it? Well, no. I mean, not. I just said I wasn't expecting him to fall. What did you ask just before that? Oh, I was going to ask. Are you kind of a sportsman, or are you someone that takes advantage of someone's uh, like when they're they show some sort of weakness? You know. Oh gosh. Um, this is no holds barred. Right. My my reaction as Marigold was to to run forward and knee him in the face. As he's down on all fours, as like as he's partially getting up, like that was my my instinct. I will I will do that. Okay. I will follow that. I will try to do that. Okay, so go ahead and roll with advantage. He's on all uh, fours, so okay. You just add strength. I'm guessing. First is a twelve. Second. Wait. Hmm. Second's a seventeen. The way this rolled is strange. That one of the rolls can adjust the other if the dice hit each other. Oh, that's weird. That's weird. Okay, so what I should do is I should clear it each time. Yeah, I have my dice aside of me, so I can just uh, just roll like the physical dice because it feels nice. Which yeah, that would feel nice. You know what? There's there's one. I got it. Okay. So. For the first one was a 12 and a 17 plus strength. I 
what you want? Mm-hmm. Okay, four, so it's 14 and 19 are the two totals. Okay, so you would hit regardless. Uh, you would hit him. It would be one plus was your strength okay. modifier. So my strength modifier is two, so a total of oh, sorry. three damage. Okay, so okay, so you you get him. Where do you? I guess when you hit him, are you s- s- slamming your knee into his face, or are you yeah, hitting that, him? Yep, some? that. Yep, yep. And I'm trying to just knock him out. Like I'm not. I don't want to kill this guy, but I don't want him coming after me anymore. Okay, so uh, he goes down pretty hard. He's uh. He's out cold, and one of the guards, uh, he pulls, um, kind of pulls him and brings Rudy back to the jail cell that he was in. So uh, he sets him up in bed and tucks him in, I guess. This guy's a nice guy. Uh, and, you know, they they uh, call you over and they tell you that you're going to get an extra portion of uh, beans this evening for dinner. So... Uh, for what for your performance so um then they they escort you back to the jail cell and awkwardly you're back with rudy alejandro he he does a fight or two uh alejandro doesn't doesn't win necessarily and then he comes back to the cell so uh all three of you are back in your jail cells um and the guards go back to the, doing what they're doing so that was barbaric sorry <laughs> i should have asked if uh certain things made you uncomfortable that would have been polite no no that was just in character it was it, oh. was, <laughs> not, it was not out of bounds as a triggering thing but okay okay that's, that's marigold that would be barbaric So you guys are nursing your wounds. Does Marigold have anything to say to the pirate, to Rudy or Alejandro, for that matter? No, I'm not. I'm not feeling very talkative. Feel like feeling very have, talkative. Gonna have avoided all that. Hey, Rudy. For what it's worth, I'm sorry of uh, the fire. Uh, Rudy is, he just seems more upset than before, um, given the situation that just occurred. So Alejandro, for whatever reason, he, uh, see him kind of, he's got this like pelt, it's not really a pelt, but it's kind of like a, a garment, it's green, um, but it looks like it's green from like know like mold or moss or something that's growing on it and he has like a you have like like a little tankard of water in there with you and he's kind of like sprinkling water on this green mossy thing that he's been wearing um and he's like being very like nurturing towards this uh towards this garment for some reason so can't help but uh notice you um a lot of care buttering your coat 
Rudy tells you it's his secret weapon, but he doesn't really want to. He doesn't say much more, uh, just other than other than that. All right. Well, I've been wanting to do this for a while. I want to walk over to the window and get. Can I reach the hill? You said I could see a hill out there, I and mean, it was kind of half underground. Can I reach any dirt or grass? Uh, yeah, you should be able to. My dog is barking. <laughs> Great. Yeah, you can uh, you can reach out and you can probably grab some grass. There might be uh, like a flower or two kind of growing nearby if you wanted to pluck that even. So, <laughs> uh, I won't take the flower, but I will take some you know, a handful of, of dirt and stones and grass or whatever I can get my hands on. Um, yeah, I just want to have hand two or uh, hand or two full of that. Okay. So you have dirt now with you. Yeah. You have I any have dirt now? <laughs> what do you? Do you have any? Uh, do you have any? Yes. What are your thoughts about the dirt? Do you have any plans for it? Are you? Are you gonna make like an impact? Yeah, I do have. Explosive? I do have. I do have plans for the dirt, uh, dungeon master. Uh, I think it might make a convenient uh, and surprising uh, face full of, of discomfort for, for a guard if they if they come in here and, and uh, leave the door open or I see I see a chance. I see the, I see it as an impromptu weapon uh, potentially. And in, okay. in addition, uh, this robe watering has got me um, thinking uh, woodland thoughts and, and wondering if Rudy has some sort of you know, nature connection thing that he's doing, or whether that cloak is magical. So I'm keeping an eye on that, too. Okay. So, some time passes. You find the guards, they come and they get you again. And they they come and they escort you back to you and Alejandro back to the little arena that they set up. Some more guards come back. And this time, uh, Jason St. Josephine, who is a bit beat up from your last encounter with him, he's um, has a he's got a face full of broken teeth, and uh, just he's been kind of knocked around from a fight that he had with you. Is now kind of in the arena with you guys. Jason St. Josephine is kind of screaming some expletives at you, and he's demanding to fight you. Um, he wants to fight you, and is just kind of screaming at you, based on kind of your previous encounter with him. All right. Well, that's you, what you came you, here for. So, do you do you do you find yourself wanting to like engage with Jason Saint Josephine again, or do you do you try to talk your way out? I mean, or are you trying to dis- kind of disengage from the the conversation and not be a part of hey, the? Hey, man. Hey, listen, listen. If you came all the way down here. Tango, uh, a man who's weak and underfed and has been taking licks from uh, his fellow inmates in this kind of underground brawl, and that's what you think you want to do, and it's going to prove something. Well, I can't much say no to you, but if you're going to call it fair, you're you're full of it. You know it. So he, I don't know, he's just babbling incoherently and the guards they call you forward and they put you both in the arena together they kind of want to see what's going to happen knowing that you two have already squared off once before all right so 
guess I'll st- I guess I'll step back into a, a fighting stance. That's where we're going. Hey, go ahead and roll for initiative. Buddy. 18. Hey, uh, he got a nine, so you beat you beat him. So yeah. you get the you get the first blow. All right. Uh, I want to uh, throw my throw my dirt right in his right in his dumb rich boy face. Is this a pirate guy? Is this guy like an aristocrat or is he a pirate guy? He's a pirate. He is a pirate captain. So in the first episode. Um, Todd, so he's kind of a scoundrel. He's known far and wide. So St. Josephine's a scoundrel. He's kind of known far and wide for being kind of a lecherous, maybe sort of womanizer. And he was, Todd was seeking, Todd was seeking passage to an island for his next heroic quest to make a name for himself. And he thought he could impress Jason St. Josephine by being kind of saying some lewd comments to uh, the mm-hmm. server mm-hmm. just showing mm-hmm. some bravado and Got it. what what he didn't know is that the server also was Jason St. Josephine's half sister yeah yes all right so. all right yep. well left hand full of dirt right at uh, Captain St. Josephine's uh, smug mug right, so go ahead and roll trying to think what say that's like a sneak attack so i'm thinking i'm trying to think what stealth is because nothing good for me i mean stealth stealth is dexterity right but i'm guessing that i'm not proficient oh you're probably not because it's just a basic sidekick sheet but if you just roll like a 20 plus dexterity and we'll see if it beats if uh see if I get a two for the for the aspect because I'm using my oh, yeah. window dirt. So add dexterity plus two and then eighteen. Okay, so what was it? Eighteen. Eighteen. Okay, so yeah, you, he doesn't see it coming because his passive perception is ten. So uh, it, it hits him in the face and it blinds him, giving him uh, a disadvantage. So you blind him and i would say your first attack is just gonna hit him regardless no need to roll okay. i don't unless so how do you i guess see yourself attacking him are you gonna punch i, think I would i think i would fo- i would think i would follow up with a the left to the face i'm picturing dirt in the face and then and then followed up by a the haymaker right right to his jaw right to the side of his heed okay so you connect and it hits him right in the, the jaw. He's already been, he's already hurt his jaw uh, in the last fight he had with you. So it's pretty much just a one punch KO with this guy. And he just goes down. Uh, he's just KO'd. And all the guards, they kind of rush to uh, like give him aid because it looked so brutal. And right as uh, they start doing that, you see Alejandro, not that they're, you know, they're off. They're all distracted. Alejandro, he licks the uh, the cloak or whatever that he's wearing, the green mossy cloak, and he goes huh. into like a sort of like berserker rage, and his his like eyes roll back in his head for a, a second as like he's being like summoning some sort of, 
you know, powerful spirit. And then it, his eyes come back and his pupils are dilated. And he just kind of uh, just starts throwing haymakers. He's just a berserker and he's just beating on these different guards. He's taking them all on at once uh, and just kind of fighting them. And he manages to get a, you know, get a key from one of them and gets the door unlocked. And he just kind of books it out of the uh, the building and the, the guards start to, to follow after Alejandro as he's sort of running for the door and they, they pile on top of him. And so right now this no. door... Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, all right. So I would immediately, if it's my turn, hmm. be done with your description. I would, as quick as I can, uh, not spending much time on it, uh, pat down uh, Jacob St. Josephine's body for uh, a weapon or uh, gold or rings or jewelry or anything like that real quick as I'm uh, following up Alejandro. And I would be hot on the heels of whatever's going to get me out of this place. Zap. All right, so you're looking for stuff on Jason St. Josephine. Uh, so go ahead and roll a... Uh, where would that be? Probably investigation, I'm guessing. Right? Seems about right. So go ahead and roll... Is that plus wisdom or plus intelligence? Plus intelligence. Alright, it's a 10. <laughs> so, oh, a 10? Uh, 10. So it doesn't take much to investigate him because he's just out cold. But you don't really find like a weapon or jewelry because he's in he was in jail just like you, so... A lot of that stuff is taken off his person, but you... That's fine. But you do find, I would say, like a map. It's a, it's kind of in a strange uh, decipherable code, but you can tell it's a map and there's, you know, the, the like a, an X or something on it, which would maybe indicate it's a treasure map or something. Of in- that would be All interesting. Right. Awesome. So. Cool. Grab that. Okay, so you find and, a treasure and, map. And foot out. All right, so you're you're running out. You said, are there well, are there any more guards left in this room? Oh, they all just immediately chased after Alejandro, and they're just okay. So Alejandro didn't kill any of them in this room. No, he just created like a opportunity to disrupt the situation and then like flee. So okay, so I would give chase. Uh, keeping an eye out for sets of keys on the wall, on the desk, on any guard that's uh, present. Okay, so they're all piled on top of this guy. You're coming out of the cell. Is that kind of what you're mm-hmm. telling me? Yep. Okay. So on this map, are you moving to towards the guards or away from the guards? There's like this hallway right here. Kind Ward. Of towards the guards? Ward, especially if they are all still engaged with Alejandro. Okay. So you're moving towards the guards, and then are you going to try to sneak past them? Yeah, I don't... Yes, <laughs> I think so. Okay. So we'll do another stealth check. Uh, I think you'll be able to get it. Uh, that is a 10. That's fine. They have two. Their passive perception is two. I'm just going to do one for the whole group. So you're able to sneak past them. 
do you want to come up by this desk or do you want to go around it i guess yeah i would i would be sneaking low i would be total video game tactics uh you know low and slow and i would kind of keep an eye on the desk is there anything uh, of interest on there or on the walls around or any door or any uh, drawer that is ajar in this lovely desk i would say there's a drawer it's a jar um and the desk has you know some paperwork on it it's probably like just a, some... just a quick glance over stuff so just you know passive passively looking at the desk you'd see on the just the the top of it there's just some paperwork it looked like it's probably for just like files case files for the different prisoners that are here do i see oh do i see my name you do see your name yep I take it. I take my paperwork. Okay. Okay. I'm just making a note of that. Alright, so you have your paperwork. And there's yeah, also a, I... a... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, what else is there? There's also a drawer, like I said, that was a jar. So you could probably uh, go just, in there. Let me just you... peek in it. I don't want to rifle through it. I just want to peek in it as I go by. Sure. Uh, it's just like kind of like various knickknacks that were probably confiscated you know I, like you know being a little kid the teacher takes your stuff and they always have that drawer full of is there, like, is there anything in there that is a uh, weapony looking a blackjack or a shiv or you know just like a hard you know a foot long hard piece of metal or wood yeah, I would say there's like some some brass knuckles maybe there is probably like a blackjack nothing too sharp but some kind of crude like items you could probably hit somebody with yeah i will totally put the bla- the brass knuckles on and grab that blackjack okay that's awesome okay so you now have all these I need is a, now all i need is a derby hat <laughs> awesome and there's a derby hat <laughs> <laughs> yes you're the best dm uh, I, I can't put on. Yeah, sure, I'll put on the derby hat. Oh, I'll maybe I'll hold. I don't know. It seems like it, it seems a little conspicuous. All right. So you have these items. You have your case file. Um, yep. You do you want to keep trying to sneak out? Do you want to try to sneak yeah, I, back? I, I, I think so. Um, I think so. I, I, I'm seeing on the map, and I would imagine that Marigold would especially if he's been in here before, have an idea about how to get out. Okay. So sure. am I Am I correct in assuming I continue around this desk and then, and then head south and that is the gate out? Yeah, there's like, it kind of looks like it's uh, like, uh, there's like a table or something. I'm trying to think. This looks like a hallway, but there doesn't look like there's a door. Do you see like right here? Yes. Does that look like a ha- that, that looks like a hallway to me. It could be a secret passage, I'm thinking. This is probably over here. But Marigold wouldn't know but where Marigold wouldn't know that necessarily. That there's a secret passage? Right. Uh maybe not, unless he was confined there before for some reason. But I, mm, I mean we established that he was there before. Yeah. I guess that would be up to you as to whether or not he knows that that exists. I I don't think he 
necessarily does. Okay. Yeah. And then, I, then, I mean, he would. He, I would try to head toward whatever exit I can. Like where? I, I got to know where the exit is, basically. Yeah, the exit is like this area right here. Like this is probably the last okay. the door you'd have to go through right around here, where this dragon heart so thing I, is. So I guess I want to head toward these uh, central. The central gate here, kind of runs north and south. Kind okay. of pass through. Alright. Alright, so you move there. Um the door is it's, it's locked. Um, but it's kind of got an older style lock than say what's the lock is a bit older. It's not like the the jail cell, everything is new, but for whatever reason this part doesn't look like it's been replaced in a while. So it looks like it could be fiddled with somehow. Yeah, what's the, what's the story with the guards? Are the guards still all over Alejandro? I so I would say that they are starting to kind of disperse. They're kind of going back to where they were. So maybe this. Guy's I guess going. I just. I guess I guess I gotta just go forward then. Go forward, and, like back, and try to and try to and try to muscle this door. Okay. So go ahead and make a strength well do you have athletics on your sheet yeah i got a plus four all right go ahead and do a strength athletics see if you can kind of put some shoulder behind it that's all right that is a 19. all right so you you put enough muscle behind it where you can you kind of break it off you kind of move it on the hinges a little bit and it creaks a little bit and gives you just enough room so that you can slip kind of like slip through it you know what i mean it doesn't just break the door off but you can you get it to move just enough so you can sneak through perfect all right so you sneak I'm, through and move on through all right and we'll say this door is unlocked as well so you are pretty much home free all right i gotta get i went out right. and then you escape so yeah. That concludes our actual play of the sidekick.